<laughs> hey, good girls. Welcome to Between the Sheets, a podcast about books, sex, relationships, and occasionally our messy personal lives. I'm your host, Kels. And I'm your host, Denise. So grab a drink and get in bed, you dirty little sluts. Hi guys, welcome back to another wine chat. I am drinking a sour beer, so it's a sour beer chat today. For me, it is a high noon pineapple because I'm just a bougie bitch and I can't stop drinking these. How was your week so far? I'm actually doing a 30-day photo challenge because your Instagram is always looking so hot and I was like, I need some of this girl's confidence right now. Ooh, okay. I'm very excited for you. Is it just to get comfortable in front of the camera? Are you trying new kind of picture styles? I'm doing both well one definitely getting more comfortable in front of the camera because every time someone pulls out a camera I just freeze and then I do this awkward Mm. smile and then all my pictures just look horrible (laughs) I like when I pose by myself or if I pose in front of my boyfriend I feel like the poses come out of me better but when someone else takes a photo of me I go for like the one leg out hand on hip smile to the side kind of pose what about you how was your week we went out to brunch yesterday and spent a hundred dollars on like eggs don't you hate that for a hundred dollars in the city it's insane we have brunch inflation (laughs) (laughs) what is your favorite brunch food i really like a poached egg like on anything like avo toast smoked salmon and like english muffin eggs benedict with salmon is one of my favorites okay oh we're the same person (laughs) yeah literally all the brunch places in north carolina are southern brunch places so they're Um, really heavy so you have to be in the mood you have to be starving because you you can get biscuits and waffles and chicken and all of this stuff so good right now though i know it's like a 3 p.m brunch or a Sunday brunch where you're going to drink a lot of mimosas. Yeah, yeah. I am having the worst allergies. And ironically, I spent $75 on my favorite flowers uh, to make myself feel better. <laughs> and, it's and probably what's causing the allergy. <laughs> Are you reading anything interesting? Yeah, I'm listening to The Guest List by Lucy Foley on audiobook. And it's incredible because it's six point of views. And it's about a mystery uh, about a wedding on a haunted island. And at first I was like, there's not going to be any sex or smut in this. And then in the first chapter, they talk about how they can hear the main couple having hot sex. And I was like, oh, I'm sold. Mm, I love that. (laughs) Anytime sex is mentioned in books, I feel like it's going to be a good read. Right? What about you? What are you reading? I am currently listening to The Last Resort by Kate Bromberg. Uh, It's about this girl who gets a promotion and then decides to leave her toxic ex. She gets with a guy who's really gorgeous for a one night stand. And then the next morning when she walks into her new promotion at her job, she sees three of the same guy that she hooked up with turns out that he's a triplet and that he's her new boss is she gonna hook up with all three of them in? so that's what i'm hoping happens but i don't think so she does pretend for a little while that he's like another brother and she pretends to not know who he is which makes him really upset which i like a reverse harem but with triplets oh i could get behind it yeah seriously so denise what do you want to talk about tonight Tonight, I want to talk about our favorite tropes. I feel like it is highly requested on our Instagram account, which is KD Between the Sheets. A lot of people are asking, what are our favorite tropes? Which tropes don't we like? And which ones have we done in real life? So let's dish. Yeah, and I feel like we shouldn't stick to the ones that people are anticipating, like miscom and pregnancy. I feel like those are widely disliked on in the book community so we should just try to get a little out there yeah we are gonna say some things no one's gonna like to hear (laughs) (laughs) okay why don't you start us off what is your favorite trope 
I think my top favorite trope is probably fake dating. I feel like I need someone to learn to love me because they have to. I have insane abandonment issues and I want to make sure that they're committed to me before they fall in love with me. It takes a while. I would say that's true. It took me a while to fall in love with you. I'm sure I did. I have a lot of walls. It takes a minute to crack them. (laughs) That's okay. I usually hate everyone and then they have to prove it and you proved it pretty relatively quickly. So nice, nice. Have you ever fake dated someone? Is that why you like this trip so much? Uh, I didn't. I I was trying to dig back through my really weird teen years, but the only thing I could come up with is the fact that I pretended to date somebody. When I was 12, I made up a boyfriend. Everyone was dating somebody and I just wanted to be the cool girl, but I had to say he lived in another country, which, you know, I'm sure everyone knew was fake, but I was committed. What country did you say he's from? He was from... The UK. He lived in London. <laughs> oh, you liked a London boy. <laughs> yes, I did. Well, I went to a British private school, so I was like, if I can't have any of the British boys here, I'm going to have one from the motherland. Have you ever fake dated somebody? I wouldn't necessarily call this fake dating, but my boyfriend and I broke up for a bit and we didn't want to tell our families that we had broken up. So we pretended to still be dating for a little bit just to ease the blow of not being in a relationship anymore. I think we were both having a hard time letting it go. So I mean, that is fake dating. You fake dated while having feelings for somebody. Well, also, I guess dwindling feelings at the time dwindling feelings and it was just very awkward I wouldn't recommend it and it definitely isn't the start of a romance book because it was the end of a relationship yeah yeah (laughs) I don't think fake dating would be fun in real life and I do love the fake marriage and marriage of convenience a lot of those tropes tend to go back to the original values of marriage which were a business exchange you know a father would exchange a cattle for his daughter and it feels like in some of these marriage convenience books that are for the billionaire trope it's like you can get all these billions if you have a wife so it feels a little patriarchal (laughs) oh I can't wait until you have my last name I hate that kind of plays to the you have to take your husband's last name which I don't agree with (laughs) I don't agree with that either Would you change your name? I would not. I made a post recently about not changing my last name. And a lot of people were like, oh, you didn't change your name because you're lazy. And yes, that's 100% true. (laughs) I don't want to do that paperwork. Who wants to do paperwork? I'm sorry, but when has lazy become a bad trait? It's okay to not want to do something. Especially when you have other things to prioritize. The last thing I want to do is try to change my driver's license. (laughs) Do you have a favorite fake dating book? Right now I'm really loving Riven Night by Debney Perry. This one is a fake marriage book and the reason I like it so much is because they get married for a really good reason. It's so that they can't testify against each other in court and I feel like that's just like the reason to fake marry somebody. I thought that plot line was really good. I just finished this book a few days ago and I have to agree I loved the reason why they had to get married. The only reason I didn't like this book is because I really wanted them to just hook up. You know I like slow burns when it is there's a purpose to it but it took forever if you're living in a studio with someone you're gonna fuck them a lot sooner than 80 percent into the book (laughs) i feel like they were both giving each other really sultry energy a lot of the times like that's the forced proximity where they're it has to combust at some point exactly she was walking around with no bra on and he was good he was taking a shower every morning i was like come on guys You're adults. I wish it didn't have a slow burn. And I didn't go into it thinking it was a slow burn until I was like, what's going on? Why haven't they kissed yet? For the actual trope of fake marriage, fake dating, it was amazing. 
My favorite fake dating trope was in Spanish Love Deception. I know you haven't read it and it is a love it or hate it absolutely book. I read it at a good time and I loved the reason why they had a fake date. She needed a date for her wedding and also the main character and I shared the same birthday. So I just You're attached. You're like, she is me. And my husband reminds me a lot of Aaron Blackford, like the business. He's my healthy book boy. Oh, okay. What is one of your favorite tropes right now? I think forced proximity is always one of my favorite tropes because it can be both in dark romance and fluffy light romance like we said in Riven Night. That's not mm-hmm. really dark romance but it's not rom-com either but it has the forced proximity and it, it just encompasses so many things like bodyguard, one bed, kidnapping to working together on a project. So do you have a forced proximity story? Of course. I don't know anybody who doesn't have a forced proximity story. I moved in with my now husband when we weren't even dating. We had hooked up a few times, but I needed a place to stay and he had an extra room. So I pretty much just showed up one day and started paying rent. But it worked out really great because I feel like I'm easier to fall in love with if I if you have to wake up with me every single day. Yeah. Yeah. I like the part of forced proximity where they just have to embrace you they have no choice and they have to learn to love your flaws very quickly yeah the only thing that i kind of got the short end of the stick is that i was kind of expecting my husband to also be you know part of the mafia underground and Mm, him kidnap me and then but that still hasn't come so maybe one day i believe that he can do it i believe that he's running an underground operation just to kidnap you just, yeah, like carnal urges, you yeah. know, just waiting for the day. <laughs> what about you? Have you ever forced someone to spend an ungodly amount of time with you? Oh, have I ever? Um, back to my abandonment issues. <laughs> in my relationship, I actually moved in with my boyfriend pretty early on um, because it was easier to get to work. Um, and also, we were just crazy head over heels for each other. Um, so it wasn't forced proximity per se. It was more like convenient proximity. We wanted to spend a lot of time together. Um, and I lived far away. And we were also in the honeymoon phase. So not seeing each other wasn't an option. Don't you love when you have to make up excuses to move in with each other just so you don't really want to accept the fact that you're moving in with each other because you're so obsessed with each other? You're like, I have to get to work. Yeah. I'm like, this is healthy. We've known each other for three months. I want to be around you every single minute. You guys met on Tinder, right? Yeah, we did. Tinder swindler. Did you guys meet up to hook up and then... No, no. So we had three dates before doing something. And then there was a... I believe there was a week break after the third date. Only because I got really sick. I got a cold sore. But I lied and told him I got the flu. (laughs) (laughs) Starting your relationship off with a little white lie is always a good way to start. (laughs) I agree. No one wants to be the girl who's like, sorry, I have a cold sore. Was three dates your minimum? I don't really go in considering it that way, but that's how it happened. First date, we spent like eight hours together. And then you're like, well, he's cool, so. He's not gonna kill me. Yet. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> You've been reading a lot of Devney Perry, so I can't wait to read your romantic suspense. I just really hope that you're not the one that's murdered. I know. I'm very excited to be almost murdered in a romantic suspense. So everybody likes forced proximity. I haven't met one person that is like, I absolutely hate this trope. Uh, do you have a favorite book that has forced, forced proximity in it? I will go with my book talk classic. I really loved the From Blood and Ash forced proximity. I feel like that was where I read forced proximity for the first time and really fell in love with it. Them being stuck together on a journey was really good. But for something that's like a more modern contemporary Again, I'm a Devney Perry slut, so Juniper Hill, single parent, was just, it really hit the spot for me. Devney Perry does forest proximity really well, as well yes. as Sophie Lark. A lot mm. of her books are forest proximity, and I think that was the first time that I really fell in love with it, because, mm-hmm. like, the Stolen Air, Brutal Birth, or, like, all of the Brutal Birthright series has an element of forest proximity. I love it so much. I feel like it's just icing on the cake. Definitely icing on the cake. Also, one of my top book boyfriends of all time still to this day is Reese from Twisted Games. Mm. But, you know, I think it isn't Reese itself because that's like a bodyguard romance. But the sense that it got to live out my Princess Diaries dreams because that book is just Princess Diaries 2 with a lot of sex. I have literally always wanted to be a princess. I feel like that book does a great job at making you feel the perfect Princess Diaries moment. And then obviously the hot bodyguard is delicious. You wanting to be a princess is the same as us wanting to go to Hogwarts. I think just the abandonment weird Uh child syndrome is just making us want to escape, which is why we want to escape. I'm like, please, someone show up and tell me I'm rich or have magic or I'm the queen of a fairyland like in Narnia. Literally, just get me the fuck out of here. But no, I had to go to like college. <laughs> Ew, college. Anyway, that is not a fairy tale ending there. We do not, unfortunately, get to be kidnapped and taken away somewhere nice and fancy. Yet. <laughs> i'm just gonna end everything with yet okay what is your second favorite trope i think my second favorite trope is single parent right now uh being raised by single parent wasn't clearly enough trauma but seriously i really like to see non-traditional families get a happy ending however I've been reading so many of them that I'm getting more and more tired of the single dad trope. I feel like that can be written in a way where the men do the bare minimum and then they have help, like their mother or their aunt or their best friend is always around helping with the kids. So it takes a lot for a single dad trope to be done well. Like I want him doing the same work a single mom does. Do you like single mom and single dad tropes the same? Because you grew up with a single mom, right? Correct. Yeah. And I pretty much grew up with my dad. So Mm. it's like the opposite. That's why single dad tropes have to be very good for me to want to read them because I want to escape my childhood. I don't want to be reminded of like in single moms when the dad is like a deadbeat. I'm like, oh, great. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. For me, it's when I read single mom, I get depressed because all the moms care so much about their kids. And I do not understand what that means. Yeah. That's I, I, that's why I always have a problem with single. I implant myself into these books a little too much. And then I'm yeah. like, why didn't my parent treat me like that? It's what do you mean? Toxic. You don't read every book as though you're the main character. That's why we read first person POV. 
literally there's <laughs> like some really i saw this video on book talk the other day that was like you shouldn't implant yourself into these characters i'm like i am a narcissist i have to do it <laughs> if i don't do it where am i gonna go for an hour exactly that's why i don't read character descriptions they all look like me Five exactly sexy as fuck <laughs> <laughs> i love it i love it that's kind of why i really hate hair description in books because it's very hard to find heroines with short hair so i just i just pretend they don't have long hair and then they're like her long tresses graze the back of her buttocks and i'm like oh fuck you or it's when they're having sex and he wraps his hand you can around wrap it around mine if you try I, okay i don't know if you've ever had hair long enough but i don't want my hair wrapped around his hand like getting your hair pulled is fun but it needs to be like at the base of your school yeah. not at the bottom and welcome to Getting Your Hair Pulled Tips by Kels. <laughs> A 101 class. <laughs> How's that sour beer feeling? It's good. I usually don't drink on a Sunday, so my cheeks are a little flushed. I'm having some fun. Good. good. What about you? I also don't drink on Sundays, so this feels weird. I need to drink a lot of water before bed. (laughs) We usually record our wine chats on Friday or Saturday when we don't have responsibilities the next day, but we were feeling a little crazy. We're crazy. She's crazy girls. Some of my favorites from the single parent trope have been sustained by Emma Chase. I really like a lot of Devney Perry's books. She has a lot of single parent in them. And I also really enjoyed Make Me Yours by Melanie Harlow. It's a single dad. It is a little cringe because the single dad is a cop who lives in his mom's basement. But if you take away that fact, the spice is really fun. That is so funny. You know who else does good single parents sometimes is V. Keelan and Penelope. Yes, you are correct. We love them. Yeah, they have very good audiobooks and their single parents are always pretty healthy single parent tropes. Yeah, I agree. I love a healthy single parent trope. The perfect single parent trope for me is when there is no toxic ex. I'm okay with the ex being in the picture because children need families and both parents, but I love it when it's just like two healthy adults decided to divorce and then they re-fall in love again in their new book. Or in Penelope Ward and V. Keeland, a lot of them die. The, yep. The parent It's dies. either you're a widow, widow or it's Gwyneth Paltrow's healthy uncoupling. Exactly. <laughs> and it makes it so much better because then, because we both come from single parent households, the non-arguing or non... I mean, at least for me, the fact that people can get divorced and have healthy relationships, I always love to read that in a book. Me too. I'm just such a proponent of divorce. I love divorce. Healthy divorce. <laughs> I was gonna... <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> I don't love divorce, but I love when I re- I love when people in real life and in books have amicable divorces. Yes. And I love when they don't have kids and they don't bring that in because it just reminds me too much of saltiness. Trauma flavors. All right, what's your next favorite trope? I read a lot of dark romance, obviously. We have to have a touch her and die trope. Mm, I was Yum, 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 yum. I was thinking about all my favorite book boyfriends and mm. they are all psycho and that tracks <laughs> with me. I, what are some of your favorite book boyfriends? My favorite book boyfriends are Zayd from Haunting Adeline, of course, mm. and Cole from There Are No Saints. Yes, Because... Yes. 
Zade cuts off the hands of one of the guys that the female main character was hooking up with and haunting Adeline. And I remember reading this scene and being like, something about a man being possessive and jealous is so attractive in a book to me. But in real life, I would be like, fuck off. I will never talk to you again. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, I would hope so. (laughs) If someone's physically mutilating somebody, I would hope you would say no. Maybe. Maybe. Depends. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Knife kink. I think both of us could agree that our touch her and die trope really started with Castile from From Lynn and Ash when Mm -hmm. he ripped that spine out of that person. (laughs) I love that scene so much. It literally blew me away. I had to stop reading. I was like, my pussy's tingling. (laughs) (laughs) It was literally like, what is happening? Things are throbbing. I'm out of control. Someone let me loose. Which is why Castile is still number one. It's just the- He really is. The fact that you could just be so obsessed with someone that you don't want anybody to be around them or it's hot and I realized that all my books that I absolutely love like my top 10 books all have the touch or die trope so what are some books from this trope that you really really enjoyed apart from Haunting Adeline and There Are No Saints is there something else where you feel like this trope shines. The Deception Trilogy by Rena Kent. You have to read the entire three books in the series to really get an understanding of what's going on because there's cliffhangers at the end of each one. Oh, wow. But Adrian is a psychopath. Mm. At the end, you realize that he's a cupcake psychopath. It's I always love those. A, it's always the cupcake psychos because Cole, Zaid, Adrian, Castile, they're all cupcakes to their women and then they hate everyone else which I could relate to in real life I want to be loved and I want it to be that I'm the only person the person that loves me loves we are healthy people (laughs) (laughs) oh my god I think we forgot the most important trope that we didn't even talk about we we kind of skimmed over it and that is the praise kink Yes. I think all of the book community is obsessed with the praise kink. Who doesn't want to be called good girl? I am a good girl. (laughs) What's your praise? What's my praise phrase? (laughs) What's your praise phrase? My praise phrase is probably, you look so beautiful like that. Or you look so good like that. That's my my praise phrase. (laughs) I have really bad self-esteem issues. So... I am like the complete opposite. I'm going to out myself here, but I am a fan of being called like a slut. That's your degradation kink coming in. I know. It's part of degradation praise, but sometimes I feel like it's a praise. I'm like, yes, I am a little slut. (laughs) (laughs) I have to like it on occasion. I like positive encouragement. I don't like positive (laughs) encouragement. It's not that I don't like positive encouragement. I like when he's telling me that I'm doing a good job, but I already know I'm doing a good job yeah yeah (laughs) that one doesn't do anything for me I'm like dude this is my show you're just in it are you my boss and giving me a review no (laughs) I already know I'm doing a good job it's hard to mess up you know (laughs) some of our favorite praise kink books are definitely Sophie Lark's books they are incredible and always have an awesome level of praise in them also Sierra Simone priest sinner saint amazing praise I agree and her new Camelot series also has a lot of delicious praise 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 just convincing me to read that series it's been on my tbr forever do it i went in not knowing what it was i highly recommend reading (laughs) the synopsis (laughs) did not know it was a relationship between three people i did not know it was a poly party 
The whole entire series is Polly, or is it just the first book? I believe it is. Yes. I have not read any Polly books, like where she ends up with both people at the end or multiple people in the end. What about the Ravenhood series? She ends up with one person. Oh, okay. The ending of the book is she ends up with one person, just like Credence, Ravenhood, Savage, all the ones that have a threesome scene in it. She always picks one. Oh, so no, here everyone dates each other. So the men date each other, the woman dates the men. Oh, then I think I would actually like it. Yeah, I think you would like it. If you do start it, I will read the second book with you because I haven't found the motivation to keep going. Okay. All right, on to tropes we dislike. So is there anything that you can think of, a trope that might not be so common or that other people love that you just absolutely hate? I really dislike the damsel in distress. I don't like seeing weak female main characters and I have to preface this with if the entire if in the beginning she's a damsel in distress but then she can continue to save herself I don't mind but it's the books that they repeatedly have to be saved and they can never take care of themselves they can't even like leave the house without getting ran over those books I absolutely hate because it's not relatable I agree I feel like it's so uninspiring and it's kind of annoying to read some of those books because I really hope that writers continue to model strong women in romance because I think it's really important that's like where a lot of people learn their first relationship dynamics and and their first opinions on how to handle stress in a relationship. And so when you have a main character that grows and gets stronger, it's a great representation for a lot of people in their personal lives and figuring out how to take it into their relationships. What was the first relationship that you looked at, a fictional relationship that you were kind of modeling what you wanted your future relationships to look like? So when I had read From Blood and Ash, we're going to go back to this book a lot, I feel like, throughout our podcast, I was in a not-so-great place in my relationship. And so I set my expectations too high of what I wanted my partner to be like. Obviously, you can't have someone ripping people's spines out for you when you have other shit going on. But... I feel like when I first read It Happened One Summer and I read my first contemporary romance, I was like, oh, there's like a healthier way to be in a relationship that's outside of the fantasy world, outside of the darker fantasy world, all of this other stuff. So I really love that relationship. Although I don't relate much to Piper, I feel like Brendan in that book has a lot of walls that need to be broken down. And that was me. I felt like Brendan over time having those walls come down and seeing the way that they kind of grew together even though they were polar opposites was to me really attractive and it's kind of how I wanted my dynamic to be also I mean when he's buying her clothes all the time I'll I'll take that yeah thank you did, did your boyfriend ever take you out on a shopping spree after yes that? yes well not after well I can't remember now but I have been on a shopping spree just anything you wanted, here's a credit card and go crazy. We're not that fancy. <laughs> it was more like, I want this. Cool. <laughs> not like, take it all. <laughs> I hope one day we have an experience where we go to a store and we say, I want all of this and have no stress about buying yep. the thing. About any of the digits on the tags. What is your least favorite trope right now? Because I know we go through ebbs and flows of things that we mm-hmm. like and dislike. So what are you hating right now? I am really disliking workplace 
romances right now, which is ironic because they were all over my TikTok page for a very long time. I was really into them. And I feel like the more books I have read with the workplace trope, I've noticed that it's always a really high-powered guy and a and an assistant. And that kind of bothers me. The I pa- wish they were equal. The power dynamic really mm-hmm. gets to me sometimes. Sometimes it can be hot, but when there is such a polar opposite, I tend to dislike it. Yeah, I really don't want to ever start off a relationship where I have to baby a man and fetch his dry cleaning for him. And that's how all of these boss assistant romances are. It just feels very male gazy. I also think that it plays into the stereotype that men are always the leaders and women are always working under men, which is what happens in day-to-day life. So reading it, it's very annoying because I just want them to switch the power dynamic. I want to read about a CEO woman dating her secretary because that would be shocking more than a man dating his secretary because that has just been repeatedly done over and over and over. And also ended up in real life with the Me Too movement, which is not a pretty place for us to be. And I feel like it's so in the hands of writers to just change the narrative. And because I also work in a support role myself, like the version of this in real life is just harassment. Like this could never fly in real life. If it does, I just feel like the power, like I just did sexual harassment training at work as part of our compliance and uh, I don't want to talk about it. But yeah, no, it was really funny to do that. But in a book, you're like, yes, harass her, buy her flowers, stalk her. (laughs) So working in a support role, I feel like I've been in this dynamic a lot and I could never date one of my bosses and do not recommend ever dating your bosses. I just don't think the dynamics are good and can carry out into real life. I had one friend who dated her boss and it Mm. turned very sour very quickly. So after seeing that, I absolutely agree although sometimes I do enjoy a workplace romance because it romanticizes working a little bit because usually you're not working with hot co-workers that's true and I do like a workplace romance because it's forced proximity and not only do they have to tackle something together and have to be in each other's faces all the time there's probably also like a mission of something to achieve together and it usually ends up with them being rivals which I love as well I love the rival trope again I'm gonna say it again Spanish love deception is they are equals they're working together on Mm. a project together And the only thing I hate about Spanish Love Deception is I'm pretty sure it's third person and there's only one point of view. And I just, I'm a sucker for dual point of view. I want to know what the the guy is thinking about. Maybe that's why I didn't dive into it yet. It just seems really large for something that I was told was essentially also a slow burn. It's a slow burn. Yeah. It takes forever. You have to be in the mood for a slow burn. I'm never in the mood for a slow burn. If they're not fucking in the first 20 pages, I don't want it. (laughs) What's another trope that you hate? I really dislike high school romance and sometimes college romance. That's why I have never picked up that that series by Elle Kennedy. I've just heard that it is not that great if you dislike those tropes. I know it's very popular in the book community, but those are that's one of the series that I will never read. It is college romance, so I've read most of it, and it's so male gazy. It's like the male gaze is everywhere. Everyone's in a khaki. One of the girls, as a fun 
pet nickname gets called Stripper Tits the entire book, Mm. which I'm sure in fun bedroom play, that could be a fun thing to do. But a 21-year-old dude saying Stripper Tits as a compliment really just icks me out. I immediately would put it down or DNF it because I wouldn't be able to handle it. Some college romance I would be able to do. Like Kingmakers is kind of essentially college, but it didn't feel super college No, they, I imagine them all to be in their mid-20s, which I know is probably not accurate, but that's how I imagined it. Yeah, because Anna and Leo are 18, but I no, kind not. of, I, I tune <laughs> yeah, things yeah. that I don't like out of books. <laughs> exactly. And I also tried to read Try Six Venom by Penelope Douglas, mm-hmm. and that is a bully FF romance, and mm-hmm. I just couldn't get into it because they were in high school and Ugh. they were super mean, and also why I haven't read the Zodiac Academy. I really yeah. want to like these, but... The only one that really wins the bully romance trope is The Bully by Sophie. A hun- yeah. Otherwise, I hate bully romances. I, I don't need to be told I'm terrible at something. I already know. It's hard to fall in love with someone if they keep repeatedly talking shit to you because I can do that to myself. I'm the biggest yeah. bully to myself. I don't need a man to tell me. Exactly. What is your last least favorite trope? I would say virginity. I think this one just goes on for a very long time. I haven't liked this one. Yep. I just haven't liked this one for a long time. I feel like virginity is so frequently fetishized. It's really gruesome in books. There's a lot of tearing, ripping, shredding. I can only speak for probably half of the no longer virgin population, but my first time like was not an episode of Dexter. It was nice. It wasn't super painful, but I didn't like bleed out everywhere and there was no guy like licking blood off his eyebrows (laughs) (laughs) the episode of dexter is giving me visions the rest of the night exactly i I agree my first time was not a bloodbath i probably broke my hymen on a horse or a bike which is very common i don't think the guy was weirded out that i wasn't bleeding all over the place he didn't ask and it was never a topic of discussion really strange to want to be bleeding on your first time or in the book when the guy makes her feel awkward because she bled on the sheets or any of that like that gives me the ick because you just fucked deal with it there's gonna be bodily fluids that you have to deal with blood just happens to be one of them also i feel like men are just not educated on what happens the first time with a woman and they just kind of leave her there to deal with it which is so wrong like you should help because you participated in whatever the act was and whatever mess it caused afterwards i'm really curious if that happens still because i've been in a relationship for quite a while i haven't had sex with a new person in a long time so i don't really know the etiquette of in your late 20s if you have sex with someone i would think that they're grown-ass men or grown-ass women they should be able to get you a towel or clean you up or run a bath for you the bare minimum The bare minimum, but it really is just the bare minimum. The virginity trope should not be a conquest. It can be a little awkward. It can be a little messy. But at the end of the day, I feel like everyone should feel comfortable and safe. And it shouldn't be this fucking event. It can be, but it shouldn't be. You shouldn't be disappointed if it's not a massive event. It's not that important in the scheme of things. I think that our society holds so much importance on women's virginity, not on men's. It's always the women's virginity that is so sacred that they have to hold and they have to preserve. And it creates such a pressure around having sex that sometimes you're, you're scared to. And we're not advocating for you to go out and have sex with people. I'm just saying it's not... I wish that people didn't make it as big of a deal as it is or as it was told to us. 
the reality of breaking your hymen is like getting a paper cut. You don't tear through anything. It's not like a covered hole that needs to get ripped. It's literally just a small little cut. If you guys have any books that you want us to read for this podcast or for anything else, just shoot us a message on Instagram. We are pretty good at replying to all of our DMs. I mean, Denise is good at replying to all of our DMs. (laughs) If you're talking to one of us, it's definitely going to be me. (laughs) I occasionally will pop in there, but Denise is our queen of social media. So thank you so much for joining us thank you for rating and reviewing our podcast every five star counts every review counts we appreciate them immensely i can't believe that we have 150 reviews on spotify we have 25 on apple and it is growing each day and we just love you guys and thank you so much for the support remember that you can find us on social media at kd between the sheets on instagram kd in the sheets on twitter our podcast is available on all major streaming platforms such as spotify apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Thank you guys so much for joining. And until next time, I hope you guys are getting a little freaky.